Welcome to part two of the Get Healthy Service Exercise and Cancer podcast. We're here with Dr. David Mizrahi, exercise physiologist and research fellow at the Daffodil Centre, and Dr. Philip Crispin, clinical haematologist, clinical associate professor at ANU and cancer lead for oncology at SNSW LHD. Philip, what can we say to GPs listening about incorporating exercise into a patient's cancer journey? Uh, probably Linda, just that we uh, haven't really been focusing enough. Uh, we know that uh, it's an important aspect of getting people through their treatment well. We know that when we've done this in other, other parts, and you mentioned surgery earlier, that it leads to really good patient outcomes. I think uh, for cancer, we need to em embark on that journey really where it's considered to be the standard of care so really everyone with a new diagnosis of cancer should be offered some form of exercise. And for many people that will be uh, easily accessible, uh, equitable and available through the, the Get Healthy program in, in New South Wales. It's a wonderful opportunity for people to be able to access that. But there will be some people who definitely need more advanced uh, support and uh, exercise physiology, of course, will be available for those who, who would like that. but. Um, also, uh, I guess, from the general practice point of view, it's an important thing to identify those patients and perhaps those who've had chronic disease leading up to it, uh, those who are perhaps already frail, um, and those whose treatment might be more intensive who need the additional support of an exercise physiologist over and above what can be provided by uh, the Get Healthy program. But certainly, the, the, the concept behind the Get Healthy program that I love so much is that this is something we can offer to absolutely everybody and get exercise as part of our standard of care. David, I was I, we talked before about the uh, difficulty of using a general practice management plan and team care arrangement for uh, referral for exercise physiology early in the piece. But of course, at the other end, after a person's had their cancer treatment, they will have had this condition for at least six months. And that's if they haven't used their GPMP up to then, that would be the appropriate time to use that if that was something that um, the patient thought was helpful. And I would be thinking about referring them to an EP if that resource hasn't been used up already. Do you have anything to say about um, how useful this would be for people at the end of their cancer journey? Yeah, there's certainly no better time to start. I mean, if you start at the beginning, it's great, but also starting after is, is fine as well, uh, as long as people can get going. Now, it's, it is limited. It is only five sessions in a whole year. That, that is enough to have a good assessment, go through a nice detailed exercise plan. It could be spaced maybe over about 12 weeks or so is, is what's typically done. Maybe we can come back for a reassessment, make the exercises a bit more challenging and then a final assessment as well and give that information back to the GP. Uh, but it can be complicated because sometimes in those five sessions, they can be shared with other health professionals, like if they have dietetics needs or podiatry needs. So five sessions is, is not really enough, but it, it certainly is a good start. Um, and again, a fantastic benefit that we have in Australia. I was in the US last year for a fellowship for six months and, and the Americans are very jealous that our government will invest in exercise physiology services for our patients with chronic diseases. So we need to find ways to utilize it uh, for those who need it um, and help get patients just started on their physical activity journey. So one of the ways that I distribute the huge 
um, five visits amongst the 73, no, it's 15, 16 different allied health people that you can apply it to, is I use it as a way of saying to people, if you've never used this kind of special health person, here's a bit of money to help. It's still going to cost you, but it gets you in there. See what you think about what they can offer. And sometimes that taste is good enough for people to go, "Mm, yeah, this is worth investing in. I certainly do use that for people that people have not heard of, like exercise physiologists. Yeah, and also, um, Linda, a lot of people are actually paying for exercise physiology in their private health insurance extras policies, and they might not even be aware that they've been paying for it for a long time. So it's also worth checking out if they are, uh, that's included in their policy. Um, and there's also often ebbs and flows where other programs might be available through um, Cancer Council sometimes comes and goes and um, there's some other free programs that also might be available through various communities and some universities also have some some studies up and running as well. So you, there are some private insurance companies that specify exercise physiology, not just physiotherapy? Most, yeah. Most will um, have exercise physiology. In fact, I'm even paying for exercise physiology if I don't use it, but it's in part of um, yeah numerous extras policies in, in nearly all major uh, health insurers. Let's look at a case study. Uh, A patient of mine, um, uh, a woman in her 40s, um, had presented to me after a suspicious uh, screening mammogram. Um, It took a little bit of effort for us to get things done for her and it took um, six weeks for me to allow her to have imaging that was sufficiently suspicious that I sent her to see a breast surgeon. And during this time, she became very upset. Um, She was someone who'd always looked after her health. Uh, She was um, concerned that it would make, that the potential diagnosis would make a huge difference to her life and to her her appearance. Um, She was seen by a surgeon who organised a hook wire biopsy for her. And for reasons I don't understand, that was particularly distressing. Um, When she uh, then saw me between knowing what that result was and having an intervention, we talked about uh, things that might make her feel better. And one of the things I suggested to her was that she had a daily walk in the park, which was just around the corner from her house, uh, so that she would actually look up at the sky and the trees and come back to her house and feel better. Um, Subsequently, she actually has had a partial mastectomy. Um, Philip, can I comfortably refer her for exercise during this time? Hi, yes, absolutely, Linda. We we know that, um, uh, firstly, as a breast cancer diagnosis, it's one of those tumours that uh, particularly if it's estrogen and progesterone receptor positive it's very hormonally driven and and so this is the particular group where uh, there's there's some evidence at least from population basis that that exercise does tend to reduce the rate of of recurrence uh, and improve outcome so uh, if someone has uh, pre-menopausal and it's um, not estrogen receptor driven that that may not be the case but it, it certainly does 
uh, appear that she may be in a group who could potentially benefit depending on the uh, molecular biology of her tumour. Uh, in terms of uh, getting her into, into therapy, we know that, uh, that this is safe. Uh, in, in fact, um, you've prescribed some aerobic therapy, which is very good for her mental well-being, and you've touched upon how she's really needing that at the present time. Um, and hopefully something that's going to appeal to her because it's important that people actually do the exercise. Um, we know that, that um, improving exercise um, and sometimes specific exercises after uh, breast surgery can be helpful. Um, and of course, if women have had a mastectomy uh, compared to breast conserving surgery, then there may be a more significant role in looking at um, the role of uh, therapy, particularly to uh, reduce lymphedema in, in the arm over the long term and getting advised on that. So there's plenty of things that she can do for herself. And then depending on the results of her, of her surgery, she may need to be going on for further therapy. So getting her into optimal fitness would seem to be a very important thing. Um, I, I saw her. Uh, I saw her some days ago. Um, she was very anxious about the uh, physical effects of her surgery, and um, she did not have to have any lymph nodes removed. So she was uh, relieved about that. But she continues to be most concerned about her look, her future, things of that sort. I'm thinking, David, that uh, concentration more on some physical activity would be good from a mental health point of view, but I have a bit of worry about not stressing her left side, which is where she had the surgery, and also not leading her to have um, evidence of what she can't do if you understand what I'm saying. She was previously very fit, did a lot of gym stuff, and I worry that if I get her to go and do more formal exercise now, um, she's just going to know what she can't do and that's going to make her feel even worse. Uh, is my thinking wonky? No, it, it, it is a real challenge, isn't it? And sometimes we do speak about people that, that this for the moment is the new normal and just to not be too harsh on yourself because it sounds like she's been through the ringer. She's been through quite a lot, really, and... To be expected to be able to do what she did pre-diagnosis, it's just a bit unrealistic and unfair on her for what she's been through. So what we would do is we just go really pull it right back to the basics um, or even you, you can promote her to something really basic because, again, something is better than nothing. When she goes for those walks, she starts to feel better and then she can slowly start to challenge herself because she'll get the benefits now we do see that uh, we do know that exercise is a dose response type of activity that you do get more benefits from the more challenging activities that you do. So if she's able to do walking for now, uh, we can start to make it a bit more challenging. We could add in hills or add in steps if, if she's feeling she's able to, and that'll start to get her self-confidence back up and it might help with her body image as well. Um, she might want to do strength-based exercises maybe in the lower limb to start with. Um, again, that can improve her, her function and maybe her, her body confidence and, and her self-esteem. So I think that will be important. Um, and then we can have the goal. It's really important to have small and long-term goals. You know, if her long-term goal is to get back into the gym, well, let's make steps towards getting back into the gym. But that can be the 12-month goal, for example, or the six-month goal. 
But for now, the, the next eight weeks, let's just start, start with something basic and just do something you can do and work within your limitations if there are any um, from the surgery. So I'm thinking that using Get Healthy as the coach with her using what you've just been talking about as the goal might be good because I, I have the feeling that many voices talking to her about the same thing is going to be effective. What do you think about that approach? I think it'll be a really great tool to implement it at this point. Um, she, you know, if she's got lots going on with all the different appointments, um, you know, she can do that from the comfort of her own home. She can speak to the coach while going for a walk through the park. It just removes an extra barrier from having to drive to an appointment and waiting and, and seeing another health professional in a more formal manner. Um, so offering that um, that distance delivered service during the time that she might feel overwhelmed with everything else going on might be a really appropriate um, way of getting her to safely and, uh, and effectively improve her physical activity and physical function. One of the nice things that health, Get Healthy do is it, it, if the patient stays on for the whole length of the, the course that's offered, um, which in my experience about 50% of people do, I actually get a summary at the end that looks at, uh, it makes an assessment of the effectiveness of what they've done. So when, they, when they're doing for cardiovascular things, the person started out with a health uh, with a waist circumference of this and now it's this and, you know, they weighed this and now they weigh that, which is such a nice reflection for the patient. And even the ability to do different things, they could walk this far and now they can walk that far. I'm thinking that for someone in her circumstance to have a something written down on paper that demonstrates that things are going positive would be a good thing. Yeah, definitely. If you can see the, that you're achieving progress in terms of uh, a step count or minutes of exercise um, or an object or some sort of assessment, um, that's really important for people to see that they're correct. You actually are moving forward and that's really fantastic. I guess on that note, um, when we do do physical assessments in the gym, I think that can be really great for people who have never done weights before in their life. You know, if you get like a 60 or 70 year old patient who's never done uh, resistance exercise for them it's a very foreign concept and a lot of them will say I don't want to do it I don't want to get big muscles you know something like that but it's not about that it's improving physical function and when we do the assessments over time every three months and they say well I'm actually getting stronger in my upper body and my lower body this is fantastic it starts to get a, a, an addictive in a positive way because it's embedded into their lifestyle and they're actually enjoying the challenge that they're having in their life. And, and that's really great. So it is it is really important to feedback um, some data to the health professionals to, to make sure that um, the patient gets the best care and, and also all the health professionals receive um, the, the, the right information they should be getting. Thanks. I think it's great that feedback comes to you, Linda, to discuss that with the patient too, because it isn't always like that, as you know, you don't always get the outcomes that you want. And especially when people are having therapy, it's important, I guess, to set realistic goals. And if we have some uh, people on, for example, high doses of steroids and uh, neuropathic agents, then the goal might be simply to maintain that fitness rather than actually try to uh, improve over time. And uh, so it's, I think it's important just as people are going through their journeys just to make sure that that goal setting is appropriately moderated um, so that they're not, not expecting to achieve great things against the odds. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I completely agree with that. Um, we see this all the time. And one of the nice things about using coaches and allied health folk is, I think, 
you guys are generally very helpful at exposing reality as against what's in social media. You know, I think that's really important. Um, that can be one of the big barriers that come up when, when you say to a patient, oh, it's time to do some exercise, it's beneficial. They might think about social media and those videos and, um, you know, going to a gym, it's very, very daunting. But yeah, us health professionals will work with them and we'll say, no, that's not what we're expecting. Again, it's okay to do a very short five-minute walk around the block. That's all I want you to do it today. And then next time we'll slowly build up. Next time we'll do seven minutes. And after that, we'll do 10 minutes. And then each week, add on a tiny bit more of duration, a tiny bit more of intensity with some challenge. And then from that point, then that's how you can slowly and safely build up your tolerance. And the Get Healthy service will, will be able to do that as well in an effective manner. Excellent. I look forward to um, seeing how my patient goes when I see her in a month's time. So we've got lots of reasons for using exercise um, for people who have got cancer. Um, we know that it's a safe and effective intervention for cancer care. In fact, it's um, actually an admirable thing to be offering for folk. Um, we know that there are benefits on exercise in patient outcomes, including mental health, quality of life and fatigue at different stages of the cancer journey. And we've talked about at the time of diagnosis, we've talked about during active treatment, we've talked about rehab and we've talked something about survivorship. Um, we've got some ideas about how GPs can introduce the idea of exercise at different times through the cancer journey. Uh, it's something that um, is an important enough role to figure in our conversations with patients. We've talked about the Get Healthy service, which provides access to health coaches, including accredited exercise physiologists, who can support patients to become more physically active. And we've talked about the way that GPs can refer patients and patients can refer themselves to the Get Healthy service. Is there anything else that any of the speakers feel the need to add to this conversation. I'd like to just quickly say that patients really will listen to their medical um, advisors, whether that's the GP or the oncologist. So from my point of view, uh, if the GP or the oncologist has said exercise, you know, will help you throughout your treatment and make you feel better for numerous reasons and you might actually live longer, um, patients will listen to that. And especially at the beginning, uh, that teachable moment we say for patients saying, what can we do? Um, so if that conversation is from the beginning and this keeps coming up throughout treatment, that can be really powerful um, as, as patients do listen to, to what you say. And when they come and see me, they say, well, my doctor says I should do it. Uh, it makes our job a whole lot easier to get them to get them moving. Philip? Uh, yeah, I, I would support that. And I, I think it's one of the key things that... Uh, we have to focus more on, I think, Linda, is that when we're seeing our patients at, at different times, seeing how they're going with their exercise regimens and just prodding them to do to, to remain involved uh, to get the benefits that we'd all like to see for them. Fantastic. Thank you, David Mizrahi, exercise physiologist. Thank you, Dr. Philip Crispin, haematology oncology specialist. And this is me, Dr. Linda Mann, GP, saying thanks for listening. Thank you so much.